Father, you are a holy, holy, holy God. We sing out to you that you are a holy God because you are completely set apart from anything that we could ever even imagine. And God, I pray you have called us to be a holy people. You have called us to be a righteous people. And so I pray, God, that we would be set apart for you. I thank you, God, for all that you've done for us. And I pray, God, that as we just go further into the service today, as we continue to move forward on our lives, I pray that we'd be setting our eyes upon you, that we'd be setting our sights upon you in everything that we do, in everything that we say, in every area of our life we are in. No matter what we're carrying on us, no matter what baggage we have in our hands, God, I pray that we would set our eyes upon you because you are the one that is holy. You, we, we can't carry all the burdens of this life alone. You are the one who says that you have come beside us, that we would give our burdens, the things that we go through, and place them onto you so that you would be in control of it. And you've asked us to take your burden, your weight, your load, which is light and easy. And so, Lord, I pray that we would take that to heart and that we would truly do that today and throughout our entire lives. And so I thank you, God. I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for being our Savior. I thank you for being our Creator. Let us continue to focus on you. Let us continue to see your face and seek you in everything. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. What is up, everybody? Uh, thank you so much for being here for uh, today's service. My name is Boz. If you don't know who I am, I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church. I just wanted to welcome you guys today, whether you're watching here on Twitch, maybe you're watching the VOD, maybe you're watching on YouTube, maybe you're listening to one of our various podcasts. I just wanted to welcome all of you today, and I am so, so, so blessed today to be able to present uh, to you guys the sermon. And... Um, Normally, like I said, I've said this multiple times, usually when I preach a sermon, what ends up happening when I'm preaching, when I'm when I'm creating it and everything is God doesn't just let me put down the words on paper and then just give it out because it's very easy to say things. I think all of you in chat or all of you that are listening right now, you probably know that it's very easy to say things, but to actually do them is completely different. And so God, a lot of times he, he's got this, he always does this. I'm creating the sermon and then he's like, oh, you, you want to preach on this? Oh, okay, okay. If you want to preach on this, I'm going to give you a little bit of something else to think about because <laughs> because you need to go through it as well, maybe a little bit more extensively than you have in the past. And that always happens to me. And so uh, I just put that out there because, listen, I'm going to give an example later, but it's just like it, it, it's it's so easy to say these things, but I want you to know I'm not just saying them. I want you guys to know that I've experienced these things myself that I'm going to be talking about today. And I really want to be able to give you guys the encouragement and be able to build you guys up and to let you know that it is possible to get through the things and the trials and the tribulations that we go through. We can go through them together. And obviously, God is always by our side fighting with us. And so I just wanted to kind of start off uh, what I was saying with that. But first thing I really wanted to talk about is who here 
uh, knows of the Soulsborne games, or maybe you know it better as the developer from software, the games that come out. You got the Demon Souls series, you have the Dark Souls series, you have Bloodborne, you have Sekiro, and these games are brutal in and of themselves. They are literally created to punish you over and over and over and over and then times that by like 400 again literally that's what these games do it's not like hey here's a tutorial run through and throughout the game you might die 30 times no it's like you might die 30 times to the first boss because you have no idea what in the world you're doing the boss hits like a truck there's no possible way that you can out level this guy like this is literally what the game is all about and obviously a couple of days ago a brand new game from software came out called Elden Ring. I I have the game. I've been playing it, and it, I I am happy to say it is just as brutal as the rest of the series. Um, I don't know how they continue to do it. I don't know how they continue to amaze me, but it is absolutely brutal. But here's the thing about these games. You see, when you're playing a game that is super easy and there's really not much going on in it, maybe you die a couple times, you know, you get through something and you feel you feel a sense of accomplishment to an extent. But I've beaten games where honestly, at the end of the game, I was just like, I'm happy that that I beat it. But I don't feel a sense of accomplishment because the game wasn't super difficult or hard in and of itself. But this game When you go against one boss, just one boss, it can be the first one, it can be the last one, I don't care what you're going through. When you see the word, you died in big capital red letters on your screen 30 times over, it it happens all the time. When you see it 30 times, it feels quite defeating to be completely honest. And I've seen that multiple times. But you know if you've played these games, once you finally beat that boss, no matter how long it took, when you see the victory screen come up, when you see the words victory, or in the new Elden Ring, when you see enemy felled on your screen, there's a sense of accomplishment that you have inside of you. You're like, finally, this was it. This was the moment. This is what I've trained for. And then you got to go and find the next boss, which is going to kill you in the first 30 tries anyways. But the thing is, is there's a sense of accomplishment when you finally get over the one boss that you've been trying to fight this entire time. I remember when Bloodborne had first come out, I was play, I was playing it and my one of my one of my friends, he was playing it as well and he had gotten stuck on really it was the first boss technically to continue on in the game and he was stuck on this boss for over 2 weeks. The game was actually so difficult that the developers put a patch in the game to make this boss easier. But he would not download this patch, neither did I, and he said I won't download it until I finally beat this boss. So it took him two weeks, it took me a couple of hours, but later in the game, there was a boss that took him like an hour that took me two weeks. It's just, it, it's so difficult and it's hard to persevere through these, through these bosses and to finally find that victory screen that comes up after you finally persevered through it. But the thing is, some people, they get punished so much in these games that they just end up giving up. I know that there's these games like like I'll be completely honest. Most games you probably die 30 to 40 times in a normal game. But this this is not made for that. You die 30 to 40 times to maybe one enemy a lot of the times. And so a lot of people, they just get punished over and over and over again. They realize 
maybe maybe I shouldn't be playing this game. It's not that they weren't good enough, but it's the fact of persevering through it. And a lot of people, they don't want to do that because they're tired of seeing, seeing the you died screen coming up so many times. But I think that we can kind of put that in our lives as well. Not to literally say that we see a you died screen, but I think a lot of times in our lives, we come up against challenges and trials that we try to go through, but we almost see that you failed or you died. And it's like, it's, it's like how am I supposed to get through this trial? How am I supposed to get over this insurmountable obstacle? How am I supposed to continue to endure and persevere in this challenge that I'm going through in my life when I can't even see the other side? And it's really, really difficult to be able to do that. We get to the end of our rope sometimes. I know that I've been to my, the end of my rope multiple times where I feel like I'm just holding on for dear life, to be completely honest. I've been there and it hurts and it is not fun. But what I wanted to talk about today, because these games, it takes a lot of endurance and it takes a lot of perseverance to be able to get through it. And so, and I know life, life takes a lot of perseverance as well. And so today I wanted to talk about how to persevere in faith. How to per, how, how do we get through all of these trials, but continue to have faith during them. Because here's the thing, these trials and these tribulations and these challenges that you go through, your faith, and it, there's gonna be doubt that creeps in. There's gonna be times that your faith is being completely destroyed because of what you've been going through, because it's been five years, because it's been 10 years, because this is the most, this is the most obnoxious and horrible thing that you've been through. A lot of times our faith can get squashed in those moments. So I wanted to talk about today how to persevere in faith. The first thing that I would say is to experience great joy in the Lord. Experience great joy in the Lord. And now you might be asking yourself, Pastor Boz, how am I supposed to experience great joy in the Lord when all of these things are going on in my life? How am I supposed to experience great joy when I just lost my job, when I just failed a test? When I'm having financial difficulties, I got credit card debt, I have this debt, I have that debt, I got these taxes coming out. I, how am I supposed to experience great joy when I'm struggling in my marriage? How can I experience great joy when my family is falling apart, when my relationships are falling apart, when I'm struggling with this sin, when I have physical or mental health problems and challenges that I'm trying to deal with? And the list goes on and on and on of what we struggle with in our life. And we say... How am I supposed to experience great joy during these things? But I want to tell you this, that joy is, it's not an experience that comes from favorable circumstances that you're in. It's, it, joy isn't just this feeling that you get of happiness because the things that you're going through in life are good. Joy is a gift that comes specifically from God to all who believe in him. It's a happiness that's, that's based on spiritual realities. Joy is something that not only is it there in the good times, but it flourishes even more in the bad times. It doesn't mean you're happy about the circumstances. It doesn't mean that things are better, but joy is something completely different that flourishes in the, best, in the, in the hardest of times in your life. It's, it's, it's this peace that we have 
that we know that God is in control of all things. I don't know about you, but when things are completely out of control, I don't understand how to handle all of it. There's this sense of peace. I don't know about you, but there's a sense of peace that comes down over me that lets me know that you're not in control of the situation. You don't have to control the situation. You don't even know how to control the situation. And so God says, I'm going to control it for you. Now, there is something that we can control, however, during these times. It's how we react when we're going through the circumstance. It's our attitude as we're going through the circumstance. And so I want to read for you guys. It comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. And I'm sure you've heard this 800 million times. I've preached on this probably 20 times in my life. But it, the reason why I, I say it so much is because it really means a lot to me and it really hits me deep. And it says this, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. If you've ever experienced one of these From Software games that I was talking about before, you know how defeating it is to see the you died words show up on your screen 40, 50 times over and over and over. But I guess my question for you is, have you ever felt like these words have showed up in your life in a metaphorical way, obviously? Have you ever felt those words show up in your life? because you've been going through a circumstance or a trial that you just don't know how you're supposed to get through it. And so it feels really defeating when you've been going through it for so long. You feel like that God's hand isn't moving in the situation and you're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to go through this. It's so difficult to look forward and to look past these situations that we're going through. But it's really important to recognize that every single resistance that we come upon, every single problem that we face, is just giving us more endurance. It's just giving us more strength to push through the next trial. Let me give you an example. Maybe you're married right now, and all married men and women know this. We all know that there are arguments that arise with your spouse. I don't think there's ever one marriage that has ever happened on the face of this planet where there is not an argument with their spouse. We all know this. But here's the thing. When you're going through the argument, when you're in the heat of the moment, you're upset. You're trying to prove your point. Maybe there's a disagreement. You think you're right. Your spouse thinks they're right. And so you start arguing. You start butting heads. You start yelling at each other at times. There's times that maybe you even say things that you don't mean. And so you're just arguing over and over and over again. And sometimes you just need to take a break from it, right? It gets exhausting. You don't know how you're going to be able to get through this argument. I know that all of you probably, like I said, if you're married, you've probably been through this before. The next time you're in an argument, or maybe you're currently going through a disagreement with your spouse right now, I want you to think of something. Instead of putting yourself on just the perspective of what the argument is and what it's all about, start thinking about, that after this is resolved, the, my communication with my spouse is going to actually get better. Because every single time that you resolve something, your communication continues to grow. You continue to understand a little bit better how to understand your spouse, how to better understand your wife, or how to better understand your husband and the way that they think. And so your communication continues to grow. It's hard in the heat of the moment, and I know that. 
But if we can change our perspective and we can start thinking in that way, we can start experiencing that joy that I was just talking about. Doesn't mean that the argument's gone. Doesn't mean that everything is all better. But you can start experiencing some joy in the fact in knowing that your relationship is actually growing stronger. Maybe you're going through a physical or mental health problem right now. My wife has various physical problems. I have a physical problem as well. I know that many prob- uh, people in, in, our, in, our, in our community has a multitude of things that they're going through. And maybe you're going through a physical or health problem right now. When you come out on the other side of whatever it is that you're going through, I want you to know that you're going to have more faith than you ever have before. I can tell you right now that through all of my wife's health issues, listen, for the past seven to eight years, it has been some of the most challenging things that I have ever been through and some of the most challenging things that she has ever been through in her entire life. But here's the thing. My faith, it wouldn't even be half of what it is today if it wasn't for the things that we've been through. If I had only thought of the faith that I was going to have after all those situations, after all of those struggles, if I had only thought of that, I would have had a little bit more joy as I was going through them. And so I've tried to train myself that during these times when my wife isn't feeling well, during these times when I'm not feeling well, during these times when these struggles are going on, I've tried to train my mind to start thinking about after this is done, after this is over, I'm going to have a little bit more faith in God. My faith is going to grow a little bit stronger. I'm going to have a little bit more endurance. I'm going to have a little bit more perseverance to continue growing, to continue getting better. But here's the thing. With all of that, you're saying, that's great, experience joy, okay, I get it, but here's the problem. It requires a lot of patience when you're in the midst of the trial as well. And so as we experience great joy in the Lord, the second thing that I would say that we need to do is we need to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord. And this is one of the most difficult things that we can do in life. It requires One of the fruits of the spirit, that I'll be completely honest, I struggle with it a lot of the time. And I think almost every single person uh, in here, I mean, if you're listening right now and you're you're in the chat, put a five in chat if you you struggle with, with patience, if you struggle with waiting for the answers of God in your life, because I know that I do. I would be the first person putting a five in chat. I'd probably put it 50 times in chat. A lot of people are coming in right now saying that. Maybe you're listening right now. You know, Raise your hand by yourself. It's so hard, but here's the reason why it's hard is because we live in a society today that we can get whatever we want whenever we want. Amazon Prime. Okay, Amazon, it used to be you would order something in a few weeks time, you would get a package at your door, you'd be okay with it, right? But then Amazon Prime came out and it changed everything. Free delivery in two days? In two, two, are you kidding me? And now, in the past couple of years, free delivery in one day? I don't have to leave this chair I can order something right now and have it on my doorstep in less than 24 hours. And all I need to do is take, you know, the 20 steps or so to pick it up, open up the box, and it's in my hands. We live in a society today that we don't like to wait for anything. We think that quicker is always better. We think that now is the right time. I want this now. I want that now. But I got I got news for you. God 
does not work like Amazon Prime. I actually preached on this. It was a sermon called God Prime. This was a long time ago I preached on it. It's not like you send up a prime prayer and all of a sudden within 24 hours, God's going to answer it. That's not the way that God works. His timing is so important. His answer to your prayers, if we can be patient in waiting for his timing because his timing is completely perfect, that will help you so much more in your circumstance. Let me read for you Psalm chapter 27, verses 13 through 14. And King David says this in this Psalm. He says, I am certain, that word is huge, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of living. We're going to talk about that verse in just a second. But then he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Courageous. Wait for the Lord. He says it twice. Usually when the Bible says something twice, the author is trying to convey something that's really important. So he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be be courageous. Wait for the Lord. King David right now, he's trying to tell us and convey to us that we need to wait on the Lord's answer in our prayers. Because David, what was happening during this time in his life, there was a whole lot of things going on and he was being attacked by his enemies. And so he needed to be in constant prayer and he was just continuously being attacked and being attacked and being attacked over and over and over again. But then he writes this psalm and he says, wait for the Lord. Even though I'm being attacked right now, I need to wait for the Lord. I need to wait for God's answer in my life. And much of the time, because we live in this this society where we want something so much and we just go out and get it, we take things into our own hands. When we take situations into our own hands, oh my goodness gracious, I've done this before. We, I don't know about you, but when I take situations into my own hands, they uh, they don't exactly go according to plan. And probably about 99.9% of the time, whatever it is that I took into my own hands blows up in my face and gets astronomically worse. And now, instead of my prayer being like, oh, God, I need you to help me in this. Now it's like, oh, God, I did something even dumber. I took things in my own hands. And now I, I have a new prayer coming at you, my God prime prayer coming up. And I need your help now because I made things that much worse because I didn't wait on your timing. We all say that we believe in the words of Isaiah when he says that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But let's be completely honest. When push comes to shove, we think that our ways are better than God's and we think that we know better than he does. I know that I've thought that before. I know that in my life, if I had my way every single time, I would not be close to the person that I am today. I wouldn't be sitting in this seat right now I, I, I wouldn't have the faith that I have today. I wouldn't be the man of God that God has been creating me over time. Because if it was just my way, things would have been a lot easier. I wouldn't have had to lean on God so many different times. I wouldn't, had to, I wouldn't have the patience to be able to wait for anything because I would have just had things done when I wanted it to. We need to recognize 
how important it is and how perfect God's timing is. In our lives, we need to trust in that. We have to trust in that because his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we need to trust that God knows what he's doing and trust in his timing. But I said I was going to talk about verse 13 as well. And it's not just about having patience during that time, but it's also the attitude that we have during that time of being patient. Let me read verse 13 one more time. I am certain, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. David is saying that he is certain that he is going to see the goodness, the greatness, and the blessings of God come down upon his life while he's still alive, while he's still here on this earth. He knows that when he dies, yeah, the goodness of God is going to come out and the greatness of God and his abundance of blessings is going to be upon him. We all know that if we know Jesus Christ. But David is saying here that while I'm still alive, I'm going to see, he is certain that he is going to see the blessings and the goodness of God. He believed and he anticipated that the Lord was going to send this down upon his life. My question for you, and honestly, I have to ask myself this a lot of times, do I actually believe, am I, am I certain that I'm going to see God's blessings in this specific situation in my life? Am I certain that God's blessings are going to actually come through in this situation in my life? It doesn't mean it's going to work out exactly the way that you want. It doesn't mean that your 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 prayer is going to be answered with a definite yes and that God is going to do exactly what you want. But we can't deny that your answer to the situation might not be the biggest blessing that God wants to do in your life. It might be something completely different. So what is your attitude as we go through and as we're waiting on the Lord? But how can we have that kind of attitude to be certain? How, you know, we just talked about having great, uh, great, having great joy when we're going through these situations. We talked about waiting on the Lord, being patient, having that that attitude of being certain that God's goodness and his and his and his blessings are going to come upon us while we're still alive. How can we have that kind of attitude? The last thing that I would say to you, and this is so important, hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Let me read for you Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. It says this. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions. Boast, boast in our afflictions. Hear, hear me, hear me, church. I'll say what Pastor AJ says all the time. Are you with me, church? Okay. Boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us. Let me repeat that. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Afflictions, endurance, proven character, 
hope. Paul says there, here, that he says we need to boast in our afflictions. How does afflictions get to hope? How does that even happen? We have our problems, our situations, our challenges that we're going through. And then he says, but remember, as you're going through these afflictions, you're being refined. And it produces endurance in your life. It helps you to continue to move on. But as you have endurance, it then produces proven character. Who doesn't want to have proven character? Who doesn't want to be the one when somebody is talking about them you know, and they're trying to tell them about their friend or they're trying to tell them about their pastor. They're trying to tell them about somebody that they're mentoring. How, how do you not want to be the one that says he has been through so much? He has proven. He has proven that he loves God so much and that he leans on him. He doesn't think that it's him. He doesn't boast in himself. He boasts in Jesus Christ. Who doesn't want to have that proven character, but then that proven character produces something that's so, so, so important that we need to have, and it's hope. It produces hope. As a child, I uh, I, I had uh, every single Christmas, I always made my Christmas list. I would hope that I would get the number one thing on my Christmas list. I would hope that Santa would bring it to me. And there was one year I specifically remember I was asking for a PlayStation 1. I remember I was talking about it with my parents for months. I wanted a PlayStation 1 and I hoped, I didn't know, but I hoped that I was going to get a PlayStation 1. There was another year I remember I wanted the, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, but I, I didn't want the standard edition. I didn't want the gray, the, 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 the gray cartridge. I wanted the gold cartridge, right? I wanted the gold cartridge, not that it made the gameplay any better, better, but I wanted the gold cartridge. And so I hoped that I was going to get what I wanted for Christmas. I hoped that this might just happen. But the hope that the New Testament uses, this isn't the word that it means. It doesn't mean that we're hoping that we might get something. You see, the hope in Greek, which is what most of the New Testament was written in, it comes from the word elpis. This means a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. It's literally what it means. It means a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. It's an assurance. This hope is an assurance in your life. It's not, I hope this might happen someday. It's, I know and I am certain that this is going to happen in my life. And this verse is telling us that God's love is assured to us by the Holy Spirit that is living inside of us. That God's love is always there. That God's love literally is inside of us because of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you guys, but that gets me excited. That the that God, the creator of the entire universe is living inside of me. That is something that is so powerful. And his love is so so powerful. But how can we think of this hope in the midst of our trial? How can we, we're going through the, the struggles and we're just thinking about the trial. We're just thinking about what we're going through. We're just thinking about the argument. We're just thinking about this or that. How can we think of it in the midst of the struggle that we're going through? Well, I have a question for you. What's God's greatest example of love for us? You see, God the Father he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you so that our sins 
could be forgiven. Jesus Christ took on all of our sins when he was on the cross, but he, and then he died. But here's the thing, that wasn't the end of the story. He then rose from the dead. He broke through sin and death literally because he wanted you to be in heaven with him. But here's the kicker. The story is still not over. If we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he is coming back one day. That is the hope. That is the assurance that we have. Let me, let me read this verse for you. It comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say to set your hope on your circumstances. It doesn't say to set your hope on your marriage. It doesn't say to set your hope on your finances or on your health or on your academics, on your job, on whoever it is, on your family. It says to set your hope completely, everything, everything else out of the way. Get all those distractions out. Set your hope completely in the one place that the enemy cannot attack it and he cannot steal it. Set your hope completely on the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back again one day specifically to have you so that you can go to paradise with him. Jesus Christ is coming back. He is coming back. Whether you like it or not, he is coming back. And I'm telling you today, listen, chat, it is going to be a great day for a lot of people, and it's going to be a really horrible day for a lot of people. There are still people out there who do not know Jesus Christ, and this is a frightful thing. And I want to tell you today, if you're in the chat today, or if you're listening to this, and you don't know Jesus Christ, take this to heart. Jesus Christ is going to come back. And he loves you so much. And so many people, listen, I'm going to tell you something. And this might be a bold statement. So many people ask me over and over and over, how can Jesus love or how can God love everybody if he sends people to hell? I want to tell you a truth today. And this might be a little bit bold to say, I don't believe that God sends people to hell. I believe that you choose to go to hell. You see, God, God sent his son, Jesus. We have a place to be able to reach out to somebody who wants to save us. If you're in the midst of a lake and you're drowning and a boat comes out and the person reaches out their hand, you have the choice. If you don't know how to swim, you have the choice to reach out and grab onto that person's hand. Or you have the choice to just drown. You have the choice to be able to reach out and to latch on to Jesus. You have the chance to be able to reach out to him and to be able to grab his hand. And I implore with you, this isn't even a part of my sermon. Listen, I am imploring with you people who don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know what you're missing out on. You don't know. You don't understand the joy. You don't understand the the the, the peace that surpasses all understanding that in the midst of all your chaos, in the midst of all of your trials, you don't understand that there is a peace that surpasses all of that. You won't understand that peace. You won't get it. You won't understand how it's there, but it is because of Jesus. So I implore with you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I hope that this plants something in your heart that you would understand that the things of this world are not going to fulfill you. All of the alcohol in the world is not going to fulfill you. 
all of the escaping from your troubles and trials because you're going off and playing video games is not going to fulfill you. I'm a gamer, but it doesn't fulfill me. Only Jesus Christ has an eternal fulfillment that continue to help you as you go through these trials. Like I said, that was completely different than what I was going to talk about, but I feel like somebody, somebody in here needs to say that today or hear that today. Going back to the hope though, that's the assurance. That's the assurance that Jesus is coming again. So when you're in the midst of your trial, trying to get your perspective around that, we need to have a different perspective in the situations that we have in our life and the different trials that we have in our life. We have to have a different perspective. Listen, something that we do all the time is, is, is we get into this situation and we put ourselves in this little tight box and inside of this box, we have all the problems of what could be could be happening. We have this one situation and we say, but what if this happens? But what if that happens? But what if this happens? And we create literally the worst circumstance that we could possibly come up with in our head. But we don't, we shouldn't have that perspective. We got we got to break out of that little box that we've entrapped ourselves in. We have to break out of it. We need to stop thinking about the what ifs in life. You see, I was talking about this on the reconnect the other day. We can have so many negative what ifs, but there are positive what ifs as well. But we don't think about those. We take those and we throw them right out the window. We take all the negative what ifs and we ask those questions over and over until the point when the problem isn't even the problem anymore. It's something so severe. And then we create anxiety in ourselves. And listen, I'm not saying that anxiety is not a real thing. It is for a lot of people. I get that. I'm not saying that's not a real thing. It is. But we create so much anxiety inside of ourselves when we're thinking of the worst of the worst of the worst. Because we keep thinking of all the what ifs. What if this happens and what if that happens? And this is normal for us as humans to do. But I have to tell you something. If you get anything, if this is the only part of this sermon that you're going to listen to today, I want you to write this down. I want you to memorize it. I want you to recite this to yourself every single day. This is something that my mother has been putting in my head since the day I was born probably. And this is a very powerful statement, okay? You need to stop telling God how big your problems are. And you need to start telling your problems how big your God is. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. Because God is so much bigger than the problems that you face. Even though your problem looks like a mountain and it looks like you will never be able to cross that, let me tell you, God is bigger than any mountain that is in your life. God is bigger than any problem. He is bigger than any financial situation. He can He can mend, he can restore, he can help, he can save, he can get us through these situations because he is bigger than the problem that you're facing. He's bigger than your physical health issues. He's, he's bigger He's bigger than, than your mental health issues. He's bigger than the fact that maybe your marriage is hanging by a thread right now. He's bigger than the sin that you're struggling with. He's bigger than the debt that you're in. 
He's bigger than the test that you failed. He's bigger than your boss at work who has been badgering you day in and day out and you don't know how to please your boss. Well, let me tell you, you were not put on this earth to please your boss. You were put on this earth to please God. You were put on this earth to bless his name. He is bigger. He is better. And he can give you that fulfillment. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling God or start telling your problems how big your God is. I remember a few days ago, I was going through something and honestly, it was something that was so hard for me. Um, it was, it actually put me in tears. It actually almost put me in tears. And I sat down at my desk right here. I was writing this sermon and I was going through this one difficult part and I, it wasn't, I, I don't want to downplay. It was really difficult for me to go through a few days ago. And I sat down and I was like, God, how, how am I supposed to get through this right now? This doesn't make any sense. And I started telling God how big my problem was. And then God asked me a question. He said, why are you writing this message right now? Oh, because we need to hear it. But really, why are you writing this message right now? And I started realizing that I need to hear this as well. I realized that in the midst of that problem, I did something that I really need to do every single time. I need to make sure that when I'm going through these trials, that I know and have assurance that Jesus Christ is coming back one day. I stopped thinking about the problem that I was going through. I stopped thinking about the challenging difficulty, the, the, the difficult thing that I was, that I was trying to get through. And I started putting my mind on the fact that Jesus Christ was coming back one day. Now, let me tell you, that didn't make the sadness go away. It didn't help the problem that I was going through. It didn't put like a joy, a, a sense of happiness into my heart. But what it did do is it created a sense of peace. That this is only temporary. That our, that our physical health problems, our mental health problems, they're only temporary. The arguments that we have in life, they're only temporary. God is forever. Jesus Christ is coming back. And that puts so much peace in my heart. And I literally, I was sitting here, like I said, and even though the problem was still there, it was still standing in my face, I smiled because I had a sense of peace rest upon me. Experience great joy in the Lord, wait on the Lord, and hope in the Lord. Only then, only then can we run with endurance through this life and persevere through our problems and continue to have faith throughout all of these problems. And maybe you're here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ and, and maybe you've even heard a sermon preached like this before, but I have a question for you. Where are you at when you're going through the problems? Do you actually experience great joy? Uh, do you actually understand that when you get through your problem, that you're going to be stronger because of whatever it is that you're going through? Do you think about that in the moment? 
Maybe you do. But then I would, I would ask you, do you wait on the Lord? Are you patient and waiting for his perfect timing? And while you're being patient, are you able to be certain that his goodness and his blessings are coming out upon your life? And then finally, do you have that hope and that assurance? Like I said, change your perspective when you're going through the situation. Do you have that assurance? And are you thinking about that Jesus Christ is coming back one day? These things will bring peace into your life and it will help you to continue going through your problems so that you can have that proven character, so that you can have that hope. Continuing in faith so your faith won't be destroyed as you go through all of this because so many people, they give up. I don't want to see you give up. I want to see you continue to grow in your faith. But maybe you're here right now, maybe you're listening right now and you're saying, but I don't know Jesus Christ. I've never accepted him into my life. Well, let me tell you, I just gave you the gospel message. I told you that Jesus Christ, is he, he was perfect when he came on this earth. He still is perfect. But when he, he, when he was born, when he came from his glorious throne and God the Father sent him down, he was, he was fully human, but he was fully God at the same time. He came down and lived a completely perfect life and he went to the cross and took your sins. He thought of you when he was on the cross. He could have gotten off the cross. He could have said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. This is too much pain. And he had every right and the authority to do that. But he thought of you. And he said, you know what? It's worth it. He said that I love God is worth worth it. He said that shock the toast and I am Pre Pong, and Bizush, and Snow Katrina, and Laura Masser, and Bullet Attractor, Darkinado. And I, I, I know, I know you're, maybe you're listening during second service right now as well. And I want to tell you that he knew that you were worth it because he loves you so much. He loves you so, so much that he took the sins of, of, of that you committed upon himself, a debt that you were supposed to pay. And he died on the cross. But he rose from the grave. Nobody else could break through death. Nobody else could break through sin. So that when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you then have the power to break through death. You have the power to break through sin because of the power that lives inside of you. It's nothing that you can do. It's not your works that can accomplish it. That can accomplish it. It's Jesus that can accomplish it. And he did accomplish it. And so I want you to tell you, that Jesus, if he lives inside of you, you can ask for forgiveness from God and he will save you of your sins if you commit your life to him. And so I wanna ask you right now, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I implore you once again, don't miss out on the opportunity. Our opportunity is while we're alive here on earth and we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. We don't know when Jesus is coming back and we don't know the bad things that can happen in our lives. And so I want to ask you, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ and you want to receive him today, I would ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross 
and I believe that he died and that he rose again. And right now, God, I receive your mercy. I receive your grace and I receive your salvation. And Jesus, I ask you to come and live inside of me. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ into their lives? Whether you're watching right now on Twitch, maybe you're watching a VOD, maybe you're watching YouTube or on a podcast. Hey, I want to congratulate you for accepting Jesus Christ. And if somebody can do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat, what I would ask you to do if you just made that decision for the first time today is to click on that link. It will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. The reason why we ask you to do this though is because we want to send you resources. We want to help you on this new journey that you are on. Listen, you might have questions. You might be saying, I don't know where to start reading in the Bible. This is a big book, okay? I wouldn't know where to start reading either. I Don't start on page one. That might not be the best place, okay? But I want, we want to help you on that journey. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe, maybe you, you, you've heard about this baptism thing and people getting dunked in water, but you don't know exactly what that's all about. We want to be able to answer those questions for you. So by filling out that form, that will help us and one of our pastors to be able to connect with you. We're not going to spam you. We just want to connect with you one-on-one -on -one to help you on this journey if you have any questions. So please don't hesitate to fill out that form so that we can connect with you and answer any any questions that you have and be able to help you on this journey because we want to help you grow in this new relationship. And once again, I want to say congratulations to those of you that are accepting Jesus Christ. But right now, guys, I'm going to throw it over right now for our offering. Hey, guys, powerful, powerful message of Pastor Bozzi, man. Can we get some, man, that was powerful. Persevere, you're worth it. That's what the Lord said on the cross, amen. And you know, it's worth it what we're doing here at GSC. And that's why I want to encourage you, those that give, it's worth it. You know, we're not building up treasures here on earth, but it says in Matthew 6, 21, that for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And we know that our treasure, we're building up treasures in heaven. So guys, I really want to encourage you to keep on giving, because you can see we, our treasure is in lives and we're saving lives here at GSC making a difference and that it's with your help that we're able to do this so guys we love you guys honestly um it's just it's a blessing to have you guys to, to give continue to give continue to put into the um the work of the lord and put your treasure in heaven um at this time we're gonna watch this video on, on safe and secure ways to give here at god squad church there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give you can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or paypal you can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com slash give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.